Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. going to continue uh, for just a few minutes this evening to share about in the presence of devils. I'm uh, going to share with you a couple more things that you will encounter as you walk on this earth. Mark chapter 8. Jesus Christ lived on this earth and he encountered devils. The devils that he encountered fought him and opposed him throughout his life 
and ministry. And they literally wanted to kill him and tried killing him many times. Right from the very first message that he preached until the very end. So tonight, I want you to see the things the Bible says uh, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Mark chapter 8 verse 22. Bible says, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring him a blind man, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes, made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. All right? Now, one of the things that the, the devils that Jesus encountered did or had done was to make people blind. Now, blindness is a work of the devil. And it is something that the devil wants to inflict on all of us. So anytime Jesus saw blindness, he tried to change it. Amen. Jesus saw blindness as something that the devils did and he overcame it. Amen. And so I want you to see blindness as a work of the devil and as something you must undo. Amen. If blindness was a work of God and you were undoing it, then you were fighting God. If I arrange things in a particular way and you come and change the arrangement and then I come back and I rearrange it and you come and change it again, you are fighting me, isn't it? Because you are undoing what I am doing. If I preach a message and you come after the message and say... um, Yes, it is good to talk about in the presence of devils. But what about the presence of God? What about the presence of God? Even though you have not said or taken a ruler to cancel my message, you have in a very subtle way undone what I have done by suggesting that my message on in the presence of devils is too much emphasis on devils. We should emphasize on God. And what you are saying is true. You are giving something that is true, but that has a bit of poison in it as well. Just a little bit of poison. All right? So... Ladies and gentlemen, it's very important for you to realize that God is against the devils that are causing blindness. Amen. All right? Now, there are other types of blindness. There is another kind of blindness which I believe God wants to set us free from. That is caused by the devil. A blindness where you cannot see, you cannot understand, you cannot relate with things. And that is also caused by the devil. And in Isaiah, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 11. You see one of the most important descriptions of things that we need from the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 11. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of might, and the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. Amen. Now, when you have this spirit, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, right, you go beyond the dependency of your two eyes. And you begin to see more than your two eyes can give you. And how many know that in this life you need to use more than your two eyes? Because people will smile at you, but they have different things that they are saying and thinking about you. Is that not so? And sometimes you are surprised. You know, so you need, Bible says that when you have these spirits, you see beyond even the natural eyes. It says you don't depend on your eyes when you have the spirit of Wisdom. Amen. Amen. Wisdom. Wisdom is what to do. Do you get it? Like, for instance, if I'm preaching now and I see a, a snake there, you know, suddenly I have knowledge. That's the spirit of knowledge. Now, how to respond what to do? That's wisdom. Because I may see a snake, then the way I will respond to it, somebody will die from a heart attack and not from the snake bite. Alright? So you, you have knowledge, but you need wisdom. Amen. And then you need the spirit of understanding. Understanding helps you to know why something is being done. Do you understand? And sometimes we don't even know why something, why did God send his son? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why, why, why? 50 reasons why. 100 reasons why. 17 reasons why. They are all trying to bring the spirit of understanding. Amen. Sometimes you see a man of God doing something, but because you don't have the spirit of understanding, you criticize him. But when you grow up, later, then you'll understand why he did what he was doing. Amen. So the more understanding you have, the less you criticize people who are doing things. Because you understand why. Even a rapist. You know, one day I was looking at a man who had been arrested for rape. And then I had the spirit of understanding. And I realized that not every brother has friends. Not every man has somebody who likes him. Some people are not liked. Some people have nobody to relate. If you don't come to church and you don't have friends, you don't have anybody to talk to. No one wants to marry them. They don't have anything. They are not attractive to anyone. You know, so they live in a world. And then one day, out of frustration, they attack a woman. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying understanding of maybe why. Because you have maybe some friends, so you think everybody has friends, but a lot of people don't have friends. Do you understand what I'm saying? So understanding helps you to know why something is being done. You know? So that's the spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel is what you say. Very important. How you speak. Because I tell you, Jesus said to the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, who said, even the dogs eat this bread. He said, because of these words, because of these thy words, go, your daughter is healed. So often, your words that you speak, the counsel that comes from your mouth, determines your future and how things will work out for you. That's why we invite people for interviews. That's why sometimes you talk to people. 
Because you are being assessed with every passing sentence. What you say, what you don't say, is being used to assess you and to judge you. I assess people by what they say. And I assess people greatly by what they don't say. Yes. So that gives you the ability beyond eyes to see and know. Because when someone doesn't say anything, makes no comment about something, it's equally a message. It's a message. (laughs) What do you think? And finally, in Mark chapter 8, we see the opposition. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Amen. Now, I want to say this. The devils came through his associates. And this is the high test of everyone to see the devil in the close person that you love. Huh? To hear the devil from the mouth of your best person and to know this is devil it's not easy to recognize devil in Peter the rock. Satan Get thee behind me. Amen. Amen. And if you are not able to discern the voice, the devil will use your father to keep you from serving God. He will use your mother who loves you to keep you from serving God. He will use your friend whom you love from serving God. He will use your husband whom you love to keep you from serving God. He will use your wife, whom you love, to keep you from serving God. He will use your beloved, whom you love, to keep you from serving God. Yes. You must be able to recognize one voice is the voice of the person and the next sentence is the voice of the devil. It doesn't mean when we go from here, when you go and say, ah, look at Satan in the house. When they are giving you good advice, you say that Satan is speaking. No. Because I know some people would like an excuse to, to, to fight one another. Hallelujah. But what I want you to know today is that God wants us to sacrifice He wants us to sacrifice. And when you sacrifice, you'll be blessed. That's why sometimes when you are giving, you don't have to tell your left hand that your right hand is going to give. The right hand should feel free and give. Because when the right hand consults the left hand, the left hand will say, ah, it is too much. It is not necessary. And many times we lose our blessings. You see, giving is a spiritual act. Amen. It's a spiritual act. And you and your spouse are not the same spiritually. You and your friend are not the same. And so we we should be free to be able to give. And sometimes you find one person wants to give and the other doesn't want to give. And the voice of Satan will speak through the other person. 
and say, how do you give this? Why do you give? When God has touched this heart to give, and the voice of the devil will speak through the other one and say, ah, you shouldn't die. It's not necessary. And you must be able to recognize that voice. There is no power unless you sacrifice. Look at us gathered here today in this church. It's through the power of Jesus Christ that is still effective in the world. 2,000 years have gone by and the power is still working. It's the power of sacrifice. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you. Don't let any voice prevent you from sacrificing what you have to sacrifice for God. Don't let anybody, amen, keep you. Don't let your husband keep you from the ministry, from serving God. Your husband can be used by the devil. If Peter could be used by the devil, then your husband can be used by the devil. devil. Don't let your wife keep you from sacrificing what you need to sacrifice for God. If you have to do it, you do it. Because you and your wife will die at different times. You are all individuals. You are not twins. You are not Siamese twins. You are separate. Everybody goes at the the right time that God has decided. Don't let even your pastor keep you from serving God. Amen. Don't let him keep you from serving God. Sometimes your pastor will say to you, like Elijah told Elisha, don't come. And you have to know that this one, he said, as, lo- as the Lord liveth, and as, as long as God is alive, and then he said, and as long as you yourself are alive, I will never leave you. Yeah. You are following me to die, to enter something useless. And he said, go, stop it. Sometimes the, God uses your pastor to test you. Go. And you must be able to say, as long as the Lord lives. And as you yourself. The King James says, as thy soul liveth. But the American says, as you yourself live. As you yourself are alive. Yeah. I'm staying with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Give tithes. It's demons that make you pre- stop paying tithes. Demons. Yeah, because Jesus was going to sacrifice his life. And de- the devil woke up immediately through Peter, had no other voice. Took Peter's voice and said, Don't do that. It's devils that make you not pay tithes. Devil, Satan. It's Satan that makes you not give offerings. Satan is controlling the money in the world and he wants to control your money. There, there are millions of dollars in the world and millions of dollars in Ghana. Millions of CDs, if you like. But every time you want to give it to the church, they will oppose it. Give it to NPP. Where do you think they got all the money to do the adverts? All of them. Where did they get it? Big, big posters. Do you know how much one costs? And when you come to church, do they give little drips and drops which have no relation to even what you have and what you can give? And then it comes to this politics and other things which swallow money free of charge. Then Satan will say, well, you need it, you know. You need it. But I thank God years ago, when we experienced our attacks, I learned that what we need is God and no particular person. Because we've been there before where there was no one to help us. And at the end of the day, the Lord is the lifter up of your head. Hallelujah. May he lift up your head as we go ahead into the years ahead in the name of Jesus. So don't let anybody keep you back. 
from giving your life. I remember one of the uh, children who was coming to work with me in the ministry. He met one of the pastors of the church. And the pastor of the church said, What? What are you going to do? You're going to work in a full time ministry. What? I, I appointed him as a pastor, but he was Satan speaking, trying to keep somebody from working for God. In the ministry. Is it not Satan? At least Jesus said it was Satan. No, he didn't say that you are speaking like Satan. He says Satan. Yeah, you are giving your life. No, don't give your life. Pastors, somebody will be going on the mission field and you meet somebody in the church, a pastor or a shepherd, and he will say to you, eh, are you out of your mind? Do you know what you are doing? Can't you see? Can't you see that they are rich and you have nothing? You are a fool. Satan. Satan will keep you from giving your life. And I want to encourage you today. Give up your life for him, for God. Because even if you don't give up your life for God, you will give up your life. And you will give it up for something else. So let's give it up for him. I say, let's give it up for him. Let's give it up for him. Because even if you don't give it up for him, you will give it up for something else. Why don't you give it up for him? I would like to be old and faded and tired from serving God. But not old and faded and tired from serving Pharaoh. Amen. Look at my face clearly. I will encourage everybody here to live for Christ. To die for Christ. Somebody, I was going to have a camp one day in a certain country and the pastor was making an announcement. He said, some of you are saying, as for Bishop, you know he's, he's coming to preach his message is kill yourself for Jesus. Look at somebody. You see, you are saying it in a way. You see, you give the person orange juice to drink, but there's glass in the orange juice. You are making the announcement, but there's something in it. Kill yourself. But I would, I would encourage you to die for him. Yeah. Young people. Charlie, when you are fresh. When you are fresh. And when you are young. And juicy. Yeah. That's the best time. That's the best time. That is what God wants. Fresh bones. Fresh blood. Before you have got baggage. Suitcase, spiritual suitcases. And spiritual bags. That nobody can carry. Paul said, let us lay aside every weight. Before the weights come and add themselves. And you have, you have to lay it aside. Just run. Run for him. I said, it's a message. It is a message. Hey! When your face is young, and they say you look like a baby, and you have a baby face. That is the time that you must sacrifice. And when you hear the voice of the devil, Telling you that you will be a rich man if you do something else. You have this. It's the same thing that happened to Jesus. Right at the, on the, in the wilderness. Jesus, the devil said to Jesus, you have all this. You have all this. Why do you want this? You have all this. All this world and everything. I will give it to you. I promise you. You see, that's the orange juice, but there's glass in the orange juice. You drink it and the glass that will enter your stomach for the next eight weeks, it has to pass through various 
things before it comes out. They are giving you something, but there is something else in it. If you don't give an offering, you will have the money to do this. So don't give it. Let me encourage everybody here. Look, it's part of the step up. Step up. Years ago, I didn't pay tithes. One day, I learned how to pay tithes. I was a poor student with no money. That's when I learned how to. And for paying tithes, I couldn't eat on some of the days. Yeah. But that one pound that I was putting, my tithe was two pounds. Two pounds. It was everything. I paid it faithfully. Yeah. And God says, if you are faithful with two, I'll give you two million. Yeah. Because when I gave you two, you were faithful. Yeah. So, don't hold back. Give offerings. Give tithes. Give your life. When you look at your face in the mirror and you are very beautiful, don't say to yourself, I'm too nice for the church. I'm too nice for the ministry. I'm too nice for a church. A church where me, pa, look at I'm a nice person, a nice voluptuous person like me. No. Look at the person next to you and see whether he's nice. Are you too nice? As the person, are you too nice for the church? For God? Give your time. One sister, sit down, sit down. One sister, she got married. She arranged her fork, her knife, and her husband will come and sit with her, me and my husband, happily. We are living happily ever after. You have just come. That's why you are saying you are living happily ever after. You just come. After arranging the fork and knife, having dinner several times, a brother now saying that when it was time for all night, he was not, when they say all night, oh, I'm not going, will you go? I'm not going, will you go? Huh? I am not going, will you go? I am not giving, will you give? Some people, they want to see what others give before they give. I am not giving, will you give? I don't pay tithes, do you pay? We all don't pay tithes, do you pay? Until the storm came. When the storm came, now she realized that even there's no time to lay fork and knife. So fuck a knife from where? Better wash your hand and eat your kinky with your hand. Better wash your hand quickly and start eating your kinky. Like eating fuck a knife. There is nobody to lay fuck a knife for. So now she was now trying to encourage him to come to all night. But you see, now his interest had gone. It is the devil who makes you withdraw from giving and sacrificing. Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice. The sacrifice never ends. Many years ago, on our very first service, Bishop Saki preached in the church. A young lady came, gave her life to Christ after she was crying. And I was looking at her. Why was she crying? Because she had a boyfriend and she decided to leave him. And she cried. But you know, that sacrifice she made was just the first. When you follow God, you've got to make several sacrifices. That, oh, there's more coming. Hey! From the first day that you come and you start crying, expect more. Because you will see more. 
God will continue. One day I was there, God asked me for something. I said, Lord, I'm very surprised at what you are asking me. I am actually surprised. I said, I, I, sometimes you, you think that God cannot have the audacity to ask you for something. But I was surprised. He said, I need this. I said, what? He said, I need this from you. Lord, you must be joking. And the Lord said, I'm not joking. I need this. Hey, do you want to know what it was? Do you really want to know? See me after church. Hey. All through, God will be asking. And each time, and each time he asks you for something, Satan will come and say, yeah. You see, as Christians, we must be wise. As Christians, we must be wise. As Christians, we must be mature. As Christians, this. As Christians, that. Until you never sacrifice. Let me tell you something. If your Christian life does not contain pain, 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 it's not Christianity. Let me say it again. I said, if your Christian life does not contain pain, it's not Christianity. I I want to say it again. And I'm not, you see, one day a certain pastor came and he saw another pastor. He said, you see, I told you, look at him. He's not called. He does not have a car. It's like the absence of a car is a sign that God has not called him. No. Rather, what I want to tell you, eh? did you hear me? What I want to tell you is that if your Christian life does not contain pain, nails, cross, it's not Christianity. It's a fake ghost phantom of Christianity. Yeah. And Christ has never lowered his standard for anybody. Yeah. He will never change it for you. You take up your cross and nail yourself to the cross and let's go. So expect God to make demands on your emotions, demands on your life. Demands on your being, demands on your money, demands on your very existence, and put you under pressure, then you are working with God. If all is just peace, moving peace, you are just moving along, you are not following Christ closely. One pastor's wife turned to her husband and asked him, You are tall. You are tall. When will you have peace? But I want to ask you a question. You are tall. Why do you want peace? Why do you want peace? Peace is in heaven. That's why they write rest in peace. Shake your neighbor and say, You are tall. Why do you want peace? Let your heart break for Christ. Do you hear me? I said, let your heart break for Christ. Let your business break for Christ. Let your family break for Christ. What is the price that he's asking you for? Whatever it is, let it break for Christ. Yeah. Let him have your heart. Join him in the pain. Join him in the suffering. Join him in the trial. Join him in the difficulty. Then you are following Christ. Uh I'm now preaching about Christianity. If you don't like, you can become a Hindu. Or a Buddhist. Or a Muslim. Or any other religion. But this religion, there is pain in it. And there is suffering. And there is difficulty for Christ. Uh Yeah. There are other religions. 
our religion is about a cross. We can't, we can't take that cross out. That is what our religion is about. So if, you're, if your Christianity does not contain it, it's all just shedding and receiving of, of uh, what we are calling blessings. You must be joking. Tell your neighbor, you must be joking. Ask the person, are you joking? Are you joking here? Tell the person here, we are here to suffer. We are here to suffer for Christ. Hey! places in Ghana where cars don't go buses don't go only tractors go and there are places when you go the tractor goes up to a place and after that it doesn't go and from that place you beat a gong gong for people who are behind to come to where the tractor is before the tractor will take you back to a place. All these people, Christ died for them. How do you think we can meet such people and give them the gospel without experiencing some suffering and some difficulty and some pain? How? It is the painless gospel and the paracetamol gospel. The gospel of everything is going to be okay, which is a false gospel. Which is what is keeping us without power. By what I'm preaching. This is the message that brings power. Hey! The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. This is the real power. Hey! You want to see power? This is where there is power. So I want to encourage all of you. We want God to bless you. The other day I saw somebody who went to school in Cape Coast. God blessing me, became a millionaire. And I realized that a person can come from Ghana, Ghana school, and become a millionaire. Yeah. May God touch your life with his power. So that you see something good, even though you have come from down. And it is when you have a certain mind and understanding that you can contain such power. You know, I don't want to waste your time, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There are some things that God has given me access to. But if it wasn't that I have suffered, I couldn't use it well. But because I've suffered, and I'm still suffering certain things, that is what enables me to carry that power. Whatever the kind of power it is, an authority. So when you see pain, it's the door to your glory. May you walk through the door. May you enter where God has called you to go to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sit down. Let me tell you as I close. The devil comes as an angel. I tell you, wearing white. He comes as Peter. He comes as Pharisees. Wow. You have to be able to see him. From today, may may every blindness in your life be taken away. And may you see through. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Stand to your feet. All right. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Ask God for the grace to suffer. Whatever you need to suffer for him. Whatever you need to go through for him. From the day one to the last day. May you have the grace to endure in the name of Jesus. Father, we are grateful. We are thanking you. We are blessing you. Oh, hallelujah. Father, give us power that we can handle. Give us grace to endure what we need to endure. That we may be qualified to carry authority and glory and great power that you have destined for us. Father, thank you for your great blessing. Anoint us. Favor us. As we are in this season of, of Easter, of Good Fridays, of, of a time of pain and suffering. Father, may our eyes be open to the angelic voices around us, the Pharisee voices around us, the voice of Peter around us that will hold us back from doing what we are supposed to do for you. Father, we thank you. We lift our hand and we say, our, this hand shall pay tithes. This hand shall give offerings. This hand shall say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. This hand shall lift it, it up in surrender. This hand shall be lifted up in surrender. This hand shall say, here I am. I will go where you send me to go. I will do what you ask me to do. Father, we thank you for the grace that is given us to live for you and to suffer for your sake and for your will. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Everybody standing, please. We're just about to close the service. If you are here tonight, you are not saved. When I say saved, I mean if you were to die today or tomorrow, you don't know whether you go to a heaven or to a hell. But you want to say, Pastor, Pray with me and help me to know Jesus. I want my sins to be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Please help me. Maybe somebody invited you to church, but you know in your heart you are far away from God. Lord, I want you to come into my life. You want to say, Father, come, save me. Wash away my sins on this special Easter Tuesday that I may be saved, that I may be healed, that I may be delivered. If you are here today and you want me to pray with you, you want to give your life to God, you want your sins to be washed away, wherever you are, whoever you are, just stand where you are, but lift up your right hand, just your right hand up high. And I'm going to pray with you as we close this service. God bless you. Lift it up high. Just your right hand. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to be born again. I want my sins to be washed away. Lift it up. I thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. If you have lifted your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come. Come to me from where you are. I can see you. Just come. Just come to me. I'm coming down. I'm also coming down to meet with you. So come to me. And I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Come on. Come to Jesus. Come to the Lord. Come to the cross. Come to the blood. Come. I surrender all. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. If, if you lifted your hand, Pastor, help me. Come quickly. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you want to join them. Come quickly now. This is your chance. Come on. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. 
Everybody join. Say this prayer after me. And say from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for today. Please forgive me for my sins. Oh God, I am a sinner. I know I am a sinner. Today, I come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh God. Please wash away my sins with your precious blood and write my name in the book of life. Tonight, I humble myself and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Master and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me from today. I will serve you. I will follow you. Oh God, please help me. From today, I am born again. And I am your child and your servant. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.com daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.